What's up, guys? It's Leslie, and Matt and I are really excited for you to join us today on Table 40. We had a fun opportunity to interview Nolan and Laura Arenado live in St. Louis. We were there celebrating our 10-year partnership with Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. Cardinal Glennon is an incredibly special place, and we knew we wanted to commit to the cause when we met a young woman named Maggie Bohannon, December 6, 2011. We met Maggie, and um, it just really changed our lives, and we are so excited. Ten years later, we were able to come and celebrate um, a tremendous success and a tremendous partnership with this wonderful hospital. We are just so excited for you to listen to this episode of Table 40. guys, welcome back to Table 40, and today we have a special episode. We are live in St. Louis. Live in St. Louis! Uh, we are on the verge of the 10-year reunion from the 2011 World Series champion St. Louis Cardinals. And we are also in the middle of a push from the current 2021 St. Louis Cardinals, who are now in the well, it's hard to explain. The second wild card yeah. first place. Yeah. Yeah. So we're here tonight. Um, we are here at a gathering celebrating 10 years of Homers for Health, a program that was started here in St. Louis that has benefited many sick and injured kids and families and, and done a whole bunch of other awesome stuff. And we are celebrating that 10-year uh, anniversary and that 10-year reunion. And we're lucky enough to have Nolan and Laura Arenado join us on Table 40, and we are going to get started. So we are very grateful you guys are here. We've had Nolan on before, but we have a much prettier version this time with Laura <laughs> on board. And so we're, we're grateful to have you. Leslie, why don't you ask the first question? Well, what we've learned about Table 40 and what Matt and I have learned is that we love, we love to be storytellers. And so we're so excited to... Um, share with everyone y'all's story. And so we want to start with Nolan. We want to we want to kind of go back in time a little bit and talk about little Nolan and about when did you when did you know you loved baseball? Like how old were you when you were like, man, this is awesome? Um I'd probably say my dad introduced me to the game when I was probably like two years old. Um, not that I remember that, but I'm pretty sure that's what he said. And uh, <laughs> but uh, great memory <laughs> Yeah I mean it's outstanding. Um, no, I think um, probably I fell in love with the game, probably travel ball, like Little League. Um, I, I just loved playing the game around 10 years old. I knew I loved it. Um, I loved working on it. I loved practicing. I think that's when I knew I loved the game is that like, I was like I, like, I can't wait to go to practice. Where when you're young, you're like, I do not want to go practice. Just bring the games to me. I'll go play them. But I love practicing. I love practicing on the game, and I still do now. And uh, so I think that's kind of when it started. So tell us, give us a little bit of like uh – uh, you're two brothers. Like, people don't understand the dynamic of the Arenado brothers. Yeah. Like, Phyllis, give us a little insight into what that was like, the household, the Arenado house. Like, yeah. I'm guessing there was some pretty intense sporting com competition. Absolutely. You know, my, I got an older brother and a younger brother, and I have cousins that are all same age as me. They're, we're all from, like, 32 to 28, set, like, and there's, like, six of us. We're all in this, around the same age. And But uh, me and my brothers were extremely competitive um you know me and my older brother used to go at it hard me and my younger brother 
Um, we, d we didn't go at it as hard. Um, I didn't, but me and my older brother, we went at it hard. I, th I guess I was always in trying to make sure I was better than him. And then my younger brother always tried to make sure he's better than me, which he didn't do. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but my older brother was always a little bit faster than me, quicker. So those are the things that kind of bothered me when you were a kid. That's awesome. So when did you know that, you know what, I'm good enough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for a living. This is going to be my job. I think high school. High school when scouts were coming around, that's kind of when I started to feel like, all right, this is real. You know, and uh, they come to your house and say, hey, you know. But you're gonna get drafted. We don't know which round, but if you're there, we might draft you. And I, I think I just came to thank God. It was kind of thank God I had those in-house meetings, so you can come to the realization instead of just being like, oh, you're drafted. What do you want to do? You know, I, I kind of already had it in my mind that I'm, I want to go play football. I don't want to go to school. Yeah. So when did Laura come into the picture here, Laura? Oh gosh, we met our first day of seventh grade. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, in drama class. How was that? Nolan was in drama. Nice. <laughs> I was more of like putting the studio together. I was yeah. You were the handyman? Yeah. Nolan was an definitely easy a. had acting parts. It was an easy A. What, did, what part did you play, Nolan? I have a feeling that <laughs> I, this isn't the full story. I, I promise. I was the worker. I was like setting up the stage for the actors. I was, I'm telling you, it was an easy A, and I had trouble getting A's in school, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So when did you guys start dating? We didn't start dating until probably towards the end of our senior year of high school for, I mean, 12 to 18. So for those first six years, we were just really good friends. He definitely dated some of my friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we just had a group of, like we had our own group, you know, like your age group, and that's just kind of how it all came together. But then, yeah. and the senior year we started dating, and it was kind of funny, we started dating, and maybe a couple weeks, at least after we started dating, I literally got sh uh, sent off to Casper, Wyoming, for a rookie ball. And I was like, I, I kind of, I think I asked you, like, do you want to do this? Because yeah. this is going to be rude. Yeah. I got to be in Casper. You're going to have to, like, and my parents wouldn't allow her to fly out because we weren't old enough. And they were like, that's not allowed, you know? So, um, I had, so it was like, I think the first time she came out with, with my parents. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, we. I, I no time. I was like, this is, this is awkward. Like, I can't even, like, spend time with. We bunked my, with Jonah. His yeah, we, bunked, brother. we were, like, bunked with my brother. And we were like, this is. It was kind of like back in the day where didn't like back in the day if my parents when they go on dates or something they would have like a chaperone. Yeah, that's what it felt like. So Jonah and, was the chaperone. And two, yeah, he's like laying in the middle. Like, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah Jonah, my younger brother we was the chaperone. Did. We watched a movie and just all like sat on they the bed. All sat on those. Yeah, yeah it was the three exciting. of us. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's go back to your decision. So, when you decide in between college and 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 signing, and she was kind of in the picture, what went into your decision? Like we have a 17 year old son who's being considered, but what, what made you decide? Was it your hate for school that pushed you so much? Or <laughs> sounds like it might have been. Um, what, was there an amount of money that it was going to take? Or was yeah. it, like, did your parents let you kind of just make your own decision? Like, tell, tell, walk me through your senior year in high school. My senior year in high school, I think, my junior year, they're saying they're possibly getting drafted. They're like, you know, you're not top five rounds yet. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'm like, I still want to go. I get to go play baseball. Um, but then the realization of like how important, you know, the realization <laughs> my senior year was how important school was <laughs> when I probably should have realized that a long time ago. But uh, I realized that it's school is extremely important. And my mom was like, you're not going to go play football and not have a somewhat money, you know. And the good thing about the draft, which people probably don't know, which you guys know, is like if you get drafted, they'll pay for school. You know, like if you're high enough, sometimes they'll do that for you. So my mom always said like if you get school included, you know, in the draft bonus, then you can go play pro ball. And then 
senior year, started to play better, started to get more recognition, and then I knew I was going to be a top five rounder or whatever. Um, and I got drafted in the second. They, they paid for school also, and I got a decent bonus. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go do it then. That's great. So yeah. were you, were you, did you let Laura in on the decision? Or? Um, absolutely <laughs> you not. You already told her? I was like, I'm going to play pro ball, Laura. I mean, <laughs> sorry about it. I'm sorry. But she yeah. knew the, the aspect of it, how important it is, and how big of a deal it was. You know, yeah. like just to get drafted was. Was Jonah sad? Was Jonah? I think he was fired up. He got to take my room. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, I think I think Ethan's gonna be well, the worst part about my brother is we all wear the same size shoe, size twelve. So all my shoes were gone. Like when I got back home, they're all used. Rooms so cleaned out. Like, yeah, like I knew. I I swear. I on the way out to Pro Bowl, I was like, all my stuff is gonna be worn. You. My just shoes lame. that I love, and these Nikes yeah. are gone. Erase you. Yep. I used to call my dad and be like, "Can you hide the shoes, please, yeah. and put these away? I don't want." But they would take them. Still a problem today. <laughs> it's still a problem today. No, there's yeah. no question about that. Yeah. All right, Laura. So in, it's funny that you say that you, it was you and Jonah and Nolan on the couch. In 2018, when we, when Matt played for the Rockies, we went to your condo, and it was still you and Jonah and Nolan on the couch. <laughs> That's true. It's, it's true. It's yeah, true. Jonah's like our child. He is. Yeah. He's like your child. Yeah, he is. But I one of the him. things I love about you, and I just want to everybody else to love this about you too, is you're you're so warm and like hospitable. And you, and I think what's cool when you, because I, I have a similar story with Matt, like Matt has an older brother, and then we got married really young, and um, throughout the minor leagues, it was myself, Matt, and then a bunch of guys around all the time. And so I think you do that real well. I think you're like a girl's guy, or however you say it. You, you nail that. Like, you do that really, really well. Thank and so you. I just wanted to compliment you on that. Yeah. Thank you. It's easy. He has a really, really good group around him, and... Jonah's one of my best friends, so it's easy to be around them. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about, like, the challenges in marriage to a pro athlete. Like, there's great things, and then there's hard things. And so a little bit, um, how did you navigate some of the tougher things, like being away? Because you had a job when we first met as well, and so and that was really important to you. And logistically, jobs are kind of difficult to hold down when, you know, Nolan's doing what he's doing, and it's such a short amount of time that he can do his, his work. And so talk to us a little bit about just some of the things that you've had to navigate in the pro baseball world. It definitely was a really big challenge to adjust from. I was doing a lot of split time between California and Colorado at the time. Um, Nolan's always been really, really supportive. And I remember when we got married, it was never you have to leave your job. It was more of whatever's going to make you happy. And I felt for me, like you said, they're temporary in their job, so I know I can go back to work, but this is a time in his life where it's gonna be this short period of time, and I really wanted to experience that with him. I think the biggest adjustment was leaving our family. I'm really close to my family as well as Nolan's family, so I think that was hard. It can be really lonely at times, but I'm grateful for the girls on this team because I feel like I've been able to bond with them, and that's really special because I know that they're going through the same things that we go through. So it's been nice to have that foundation. Yeah, that's a cool thing about pro sports for you guys to know this. Like, like you become um, a family fast because your circumstances are so familiar, and, and you experience the minor leagues, and everyone kind of knows what that's like, and then the major leagues and the challenges and the, the joy and all the things that you experience as a major league um, player and a wife. and. It's just really, really unique, and so you can you can bond fast. You yeah. have similar, similar pace of life, similar rhythm, um, and it's a really, really good experience when you're on a good team. Yeah, I so agree. So <laughs> when you're on a bad team, it's a long year. But 
really, really long year. Speaking of that, let's talk about the Rockies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no. <laughs> no, I mean, in, in all seriousness, so, so take us, I mean, the day you got traded to the Cardinals, I mean, we don't have to get into kind of the, the ugliness of, of Jeff Bush, but like the whole, how it ended in, in Colorado. Like the day you got traded to St. Louis, and obviously you and I have been in contact, and, and we, I kind of got to be part of the whole, how it all unfolded, but the day that you knew that you were going to be a Cardinal, and I know you still had to take a physical and, and some other things had to happen with some of the, maybe the prospects going the other way, but what was that like? Like, tell the, tell the audience, like, the, the day you knew that you were going to get, you know, you are moving on and going to be yeah. a St. Louis Cardinal. Well, obviously, extremely excited, nervous, um, pretty scared, uh, something new. Whenever there's, you know how it is, when something's new, you don't really know what to get into, so you're kind of like. Well, you knew the rock. I mean, that's all Yeah, that's knew. all the organization I ever yeah. knew, and I've never been traded before. Um, but once I got traded, I, you know, from talking to you, Les, um, you know, Goldschmidt, you know, just knowing that people have, that have gone through it, it made, it made it a lot easier just because I know, okay, I'm going to a good place, uh, a great town, a great place. St. Louis is awesome. Um, uh, yeah. It, it really is. And, uh, you know, it, it made the transition a lot easier. It wasn't easy, like, you know, you know how it is, like, we got to ship cars, find a place to live, move everything out, move everything out of Denver. Um, all those little things were kind of tough, but we managed, and, you know, it seems like it's so hard. It really isn't that hard, but, yeah, at the time, it's a little stressful when you don't know what you're going to do or where you're going to live, and then spring training was, like, only two weeks away, so we had to find a place to live there, um, and Florida's different than Arizona, so much different, and I guess all those things, but, um, it's like I said, it's nothing, like, it's not terrible. It's just something new. And when something's new, it's kind of scary. But, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, that's how it felt. When Matt found out that he was traded to the Oakland A's, he made me pull over on the side of the road and he threw up. <laughs> True story. <laughs> he was like, oh my gosh, I'm to pull over, pull over. And <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> There's people listen to this. <laughs> Oh, no, it's a no, true story. Uh, tell the truth here already. on table 40. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, good grief. Have y'all ever been there? <laughs> <laughs> they need a new ballpark. I mean, that's what it is. No, yeah. Yeah, the, the yeah. people are amazing. Yeah. But they need a new ballpark, for sure. For sure. Okay, now we got yeah. that out of the now way. Now we got that out of the way. <laughs> so, how, how has the first season been? I know it's been an adjustment. Obviously, you're facing different divisions, so... It is an adjustment facing the same pitchers, and you're used to the West. And how's been the the adjustment of just kind of a different league and new teammates, and yeah. getting used to a new rhythm and, and comfort level? Um, that's that. I mean, I'm good now, but it took it took time. It took it's taken most of the year, probably two or three months. Um, you know, just some, like I said, you know, you face some of these guys, but you don't face them as consistent. You know, I've only had a few at bats against some of these pitchers that we're facing on a, in our division and all that, but. Uh, it's been a lot. It's been um, it's been a lot. It's hard to explain. Like you know how it is. It's it's like it's really tough. But then you're like it's it's good tough. Like it's like I love that it's hard. I love that this is what it is. You know what I mean? It's better than having the easy way out or being comfortable. You know what I mean? I'm glad that this is my road. You know, and I'm happy to be here with these group of players. My teammates are awesome. Um, so it's been really good. It's been good. Yeah, and I would say that, that, so Laura, let's talk a little bit about what it's like to be married to men that are so competitive. Because everything he's saying right there, it's like, I like hard things. I like competing. I like competitive stuff. And Matt's the same way. And it's just kind of, sometimes you're kind of like, 
do we really need to compete like as we drive from point A to point B? Like everything's a competition. We, I can't partner with him in anything at all. There's marriage counseling like will happen yeah. because he's kind of. She doesn't pay attention in spades. Like, we can't play spades together. We can't play pickleball. We can't play tennis. Well, we gotta win. Yeah. So do you find that difficult? I like to compete as well. Oh my yes. gosh. I know, I find. <laughs> But my, my strong suits were, he won't even try me, is math. Oh, uh, good. Yeah. So I'm You're always math like, elite. I love it. I'm like, let's do timetables. <laughs> and he's not into it. Scrabble. He won't. He won't play. But we do try. We played ping pong together for a couple times. And it's fun, but he yells at me a lot. Yeah. He just, he's her. the type of coach where he's like, you know, I don't know, like sit in your legs and like be athletic. And I'm like, but that's not coaching. I don't know what that means. You know, I don't know how to just like be athletic. So it's, but it's fun. It's the whole family competes. So when, when I can actually hold my own, I get really excited. Yeah. I just fold. I'm just like, you know what? Just she you could go play your games with. <laughs> won't play anything. Yeah, I won't play anything. So it's true. When we had you guys over, you were not playing rummy. No. no, because I didn't. We were kind of new friends, like new yes. couple friends, and yes. I was like, if the, if I offer any sort exposed. of marital advice, he's gonna be exposed here because he's gonna yell at me if mm. I'm like talking to you during an important play, and no, I'm a talker. Focus. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's not. We're not great partners. Maddie's yeah. really competitive. He, he was teaching me rummy, but he didn't teach me all the rules. Sometimes I so he could win. <laughs> so during in the clubhouse, we were playing rummy, and then he went. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. He's like, yeah, you can do that. I'm like, oh, you never taught me that. And he's like, oh yeah, but you can do that too. And then by the end, I was like so mad. I'm like, dude, you're like, you're not even teaching me the game. Like, I forget some by of the so rules. Much. No, you didn't. You did not forget any of, of the rules. I'm like losing, and I'm There's getting pissed. And this guy's like, oh yeah, you could do that too. I'm like, I had no idea. You didn't yeah. teach me. So he is competitive. Whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so in every season, um, baseball is such a illustration of life. And so in every season, we deal with adversity as athletes and athletes' wives. You're right there with them. And, you know, obviously being a part of Cardinal Glennon Hospital and getting to share stories with many families and um, doctors and nurses and all the people that work at Cardinal Glennon, adversity is very much a part of being involved in the hospital. And so what would y'all say... Like, um, I don't know, what would you guys say to the kids at Cardinal Glennon or the nurses that are doctors that are struggling with, um, I don't know, how to, how to encourage them in a season of adversity? Yeah. What would you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough question. I should have texted about it, but I just thought of it. <laughs> so. I, I guess I'll say, you know, the, I remember we were watching this, uh, um, is it Greg, Go what's his name? Craig Groeschel. Greg Groeschel. Yeah, He's from Oklahoma City, right? Oklahoma guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this pastor, and uh, he kind of said something. I'm pretty sure it was him. He said something along the lines, like, you're actually close. You could be closer to getting out of it than you think. And sometimes you think when you're in, like, a tough moment, which baseball or what, you know, what they're going through is, I mean, it's a lot harder than baseball. I'm just relating to baseball because that's my job. But, you know, like, you don't realize, like, the good game could be on the other side the next day, you know, mm -hmm. like you're, you're, it could be that close. Like it's, it could be closer than you think. And so I guess I would tell them that like, you know, the good times could be right there. Don't give up, you know? And I guess that's something that I, when I saw that it kind of hit me cause I was like, man, sometimes when I'm struggling, I'm like, I think I'm going to be here forever. Like, I don't think this is ever going to end. Right? I've had some, I had some games where I thought I had him last hit. I've literally I'm, like, I'm never going to get another hit. I literally called Matt. I'm like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, like, I think I called Matt this off season. I was like, dude, I don't know. I, I used to look at Wayne and I'd be like, 
Did you see my last hit? And he'd be like, yeah, said, that was my last one. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'll ever get another yeah. one. But you sometimes that was like 17 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't like... Yeah, I, that was like three days ago for yeah. me. So, <laughs> no, um, I think just that. Like, it, the good times are a lot closer than you possibly think. That's yeah. good advice. That actually, that exact thing has also spoken to me. And it's just, you keep pushing. And it's, you just can't give up. You, you know, you have to keep pushing. There's no other way. You just have to keep going. Yeah. And, I think Pastor Levi Lusco is one that we also love and has had hardships as well. And it's hurting with hope still hurts. And that's okay. You know, there's going to be pain, but there's also always going to be brighter days. So I know that the things that we've gone through are, of course, not as intense. And, but, you know, just got to keep having faith. Yeah, I love what you said. Like hurting with hope and having like, and having an expect, expe, uh, how do you say it? Um, expectation? I, uh, no, I wasn't thinking expectation, but I guess that'll work. Um, <laughs> like, like just an expectant heart towards yeah. um, what could be um, around the corner. And yes. I, I heard that in Jimmy's story when he was telling his story and just about how he waited and waited and waited and yeah. waited. And, um, and then there it was. Yeah. yeah. And you're with us and you did an amazing job. And um, I love that. Another thing I was thinking about, too, as we're talking to y'all and we're kind of celebrating the 10-year anniversary, anniversary celebration of, of starting this program, um, I would love to grow old with y'all and come visit. Maybe we'll move to California someday. We move all the time, as you guys know. You can't even keep up with us. But uh, I don't know. I was thinking about, like, we're, we're older than you guys. And, but I think what's really cool about playing professional sports and it's really cool for us to watch y'all in this journey because we know you and we know the kind of people you are. And, and we so respect, Nolan, we so respect your work ethic. Like, we're constantly pointing our kids, like, go watch Nolan. Because Nolan, you know, like, they love their dad and stuff, but they're, you know, you're out there doing it. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> like, you know how it is. The two older ones remember. The two older ones I don't think the little remember, one. The little but ones the like... little ones are like, did, why, hey, why do people ask dad for pictures? What did he do? And I'm like, I played professional baseball uh, for a long I show time. Him, I show him the video all the time. <laughs> so, but anyway, I think what we're called as, as believers, as Christian, we're called to be, um, we're, we're called to do our work with excellence. And we're called to work really, really, really hard. And um, you do that so well. And we are so proud of you, if that's, you. <laughs> if that's appropriate, right? Yeah. Aren't we so proud of so Nolan? Proud. We're so that, proud of that Nolan. That means a lot, so thank you. So we love it. <laughs> yeah, but what I was thinking about is, like, like, building a legacy. Like, what kind of things are y'all passionate about that you want to, like, build this legacy beyond um, the sport? And, and just the things that you feel drawn to. Because I think that that's why we're here, is we, feel, we always felt drawn to, um, drawn to kids. I mean, that's just always been something that we've been passionate about. And I'm just curious um, what sorts of things that y'all are drawn to, like what touches your heart? I, personally, I've always, always had such a soft spot for animals, children, and we also have such respect for veterans. And we're still trying to find ways of how we give back. And I saw there's um, an organization in California that I just adore. They rescue dogs, train them to be service animals, and then donate them to retired or to veterans as well as children who need them. And I feel like that is such a cool story to be able to touch all of these points. 
Um, so we're still trying to figure out ways that we can give back, but those are the types of organizations that I find that yeah, we're most drawn sure. to. Yeah, anything with kids, you know, because yeah. as you, you know, when you're a kid, you're so, in a, you know, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I read, I wish I was a kid again, to be honest with you. It was the best. No, ho no, I mean, homework, sorry. That's the worst part <laughs> about being a kid. I can't believe homework. you didn't go to college. <laughs> the worst part was homework as a kid, but no bills to pay, just like living life. I, it's just, it really is, and they're, they're innocent and, uh, you know, when you go through life, you just want them to make sure that they're able to go through life also. And uh, it's sad when you see it cut short, you know, that hurts, I think hurts us and hurts everyone, you know, so you want them to be able to live a long life. And I think that's something that we, we're feeling drawn to. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. I love you guys. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> like I'm such a mom. I'm I love when you guys say you love me. I'm like, gosh, it feels I like know. my mom and dad. I'm like, thanks, yeah, mom. Yeah, I just it feel like such a mom. <laughs> What else do you have there, fella? Well, I thought maybe if the audience had any questions, like, see, Maggie, she probably says a question or somebody well, first in, in of the all, Bohannon we family. Should, we should probably say this, too, because Jimmy brought you up, Maggie, and, um, and I think that you do need to be recognized for it. Like, I know you love this so much, but so Maggie Bohannon, who's sitting in the back, when, when we very first met her, we met her, just, Karen reminded me, in December, um, and I remember getting a phone call from Cardinal Glennon because Matt and I, like y'all, were drawn to many different things, and, and that, that, was our, that was our big circle, right, is, is kids, and, and just we just wanted to be a part of it because we wanted to be, um, we felt such gratitude for Matt's contract and the opportunity for him to play baseball here in St. Louis that we were just drawn to um, we, Cardinal Glennon. And so um, anyway, long story short, we get a phone call, and um, Dan Buck, who used to work at Cardinal Glennon, calls me, and he said, hey, there's this girl I want you to meet. And I said, okay. And he said, her name's Maggie Bohannon, and she's been diagnosed with cancer, and she's 11 years old, and um, I would like for you to come meet her to see what Cardinal Glennon's all about. And I said, all right, okay, I, I'll, I can do that. And I was real nervous to meet you, Maggie, like super nervous. And I remember I went to the Barnes & Noble, and I believe I bought you a Kindle, or something, because I didn't know, like, I, I was like, well, I mean, I'm sure she has all the other stuff, so I'll buy her a Kindle. She sounds like she's going to be here a while. Maybe she loves to read books or something. But it took me forever in Barnes & Noble, because I was like, I don't know what to get her. She's a stranger to me, but I want to get her something. And so I remember walking into the hospital, and Maggie was, I could tell she was a little little scared, and rightfully so. Your life had just changed on a dime. You know, long brown hair, and you're tiny little thing and you're just sitting there and I, I just remember seeing your face and at that moment is when I knew that I was going to make a commitment to this hospital and when I saw your face and I just remember then then I remember um, just making eye contact with you and, and I remember that I was like this is it this is what I want to do this is why we're here this is what we're going to do and was super felt super peaceful about the whole thing and then I turn the corner and I hear this woman kind of like giggling and I was like, and it was Karen. <laughs> and so, anyway, and then I got to meet Karen, Maggie's mom, who's a giggler and a hugger and like so fun and so positive. And I didn't know what to expect, right? I mean, but she's like, gives me a big hug and, and Karen and I are still really great friends to this day. And so I will say that um, the reason that we're here is because of the Bohannon family. And so... Um, Anyway, I'm really grateful for that friendship. So, anyway. Does anyone have questions? <laughs> we got one. Three, three questions. Oh, three. Three questions. 
You're gonna get your 100th RBI tomorrow night, right? Uh, I hope so, yeah. I, I'm, I'm planning on it. Uh, what did you say to the umpire in the Milwaukee series who called you out twice on third strike? <laughs> <laughs> and third one, what have you learned from Molina and Wainwright? All right, well, I'll do the, the Milwaukee one. I just said, hey, you're having an umpire, you're just, you're unbelievable. I love you, man. <laughs> Such a great guy. Keep doing it, I'm baby. so proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Um, and then um, the Wayno and Yachty, um, just, um, I guess what I've learned the most, one with Wayno is like, first of all, I mean, you guys know them. He's like, like I, I don't know. I can't even speak about him. He's like one of the, be the best people I've ever been around in my life. Um, obviously being around you guys, my parents, my brothers, like those are the best people around, but Wayno is one of the best people I've ever been around in my life. Um, how he carries himself so intense on game day like when he's ready to pitch this guy is so intense and I love it but when he's not pitching he's on the bench cheering just one of the better people you'll ever be around seriously and uh, what I learned with him is just always positive he, he's he's the one that picks us up every day like we've had a tough time this year at times and you know we're in a spot now where we have a great we have a chance but the tough times when a, a lot of people have given up on us, or were the times where you're like, I don't know how this is gonna work out. He was like, oh, we're fine. Like, just keep pushing. We're gonna keep pushing. He's like that constant reminder, and he's and he's literally, I mean, he's really carried us this year. You know, he's been unbelievable. It's like he's 20 something years old again. I mean, yeah. he's 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 40 years old. This guy is unbelievable. Young man. And then Yadi, <laughs> yeah, Yadi is another one. You know what they both do. You know they've been around a long time. You know and. They've, seen, they've been in big, big, important games, and I have not. Um, the pressure situations, they're just like this. That's what I've learned with them. The situations that get a little hectic or a little scary or you're kind of like, I don't know how this is going to turn out, where I'm kind of like, man, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I'm kind of like, I hope we win. You know, they're like this. And that's something that I admire about them because they've been around so long. They've been, they've been in huge games. You guys, you know, they've been in huge games. And just seeing how they carry themselves, it, it gives me a calming it gives, makes me calm. I'm like, okay, if Yadi is never calm, I'm calm, you know, regardless of what the situation is. So I guess that's kind of what I've learned from them. Do you know what I learned tonight? The last Cardinal to hit 100 RBIs is that guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a while ago, so you need to <laughs> come on. That's awesome. Get some of your friends, too. Let's go. <laughs> Any more questions? Yes. Uh, this is a question for you, Nolan. Um, how do you compare like the similarities between you and your cousin who played Carlos Fuentes? Yeah. Josh? Josh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Matt, you Matt, Matt, they know them really well. I, play, I played with them too. Yeah. On, on and off the field, like what compare, I guess? Um, well, we're very different off the field. <laughs> Extremely different. We're very different off the field, um, but. We're very, both very competitive. We have a lot of mannerisms that are very similar. Yeah. You know, that's what people always say. Um, but, you know, I love him. He's, he is like a brother. He is a cousin, but he's like a brother. We, we argue all the time, and we're always going back and forth. But we're always constantly trying to help each other. Um, you, know, jo you know, when we talk about Jonah, as they know, my younger brother, my younger brother is the one that hits us ground balls, throws us batting practice. Jo he's like a trainer, and he, train he trains me and Josh. Like, he's always there for us. So we have this, our click, that little three, you know, our click is, you know, we're, we're always together. Like it's constant. And you, you're gonna, you're gonna ask my wife, we're, we're always together. I mean, in spring training, 
I, I, a quick story, another one, but in spring training in Arizona, we would all live together because my younger brother used to play with the Giants organization and they were in Scottsdale and then Josh was in the Rockies organization, Scottsdale also, and then I was in the Rockies also. And I was like, all right, you guys don't have to pay me rent, but just make sure you take out the trash every Sunday at this time. And they're like, all right. They missed every Sunday at this time. <laughs> I said, you guys are the only two people that I know that would don't have to pay rent, and you can't literally Do take the out one the trash. Job. The one job. You don't have to pay rent at all. And I'm like, if you live with anybody else, you would have to pay Evicted. 500 or 600 bucks a month, and then you guys just literally can't take out the trash. And they're like, oh, no, I just, you know, I thought it was Jonah's turn. And then I'm like, dude, just take out the trash if you see it there. But, uh, you know, anyways, so... Now I'm actually mad thinking about them that you brought them up. But uh, no, they're, they're, they're awesome. We're very similar. We work out in the whole offseason together, and it's been great. All right, let's do one more question. One more question. Yeah. Who was your favorite baseball player growing up? Wow. Great question, buddy. Great question. Man, you know, I've always loved Derek Jeter. I think everyone, everyone loves Derek Jeter. It's hard not to love Derek Jeter. Um, Albert, um, Adrian Beltre, Maddie. Uh, Matt, you know, I used to try to finish my swing like like Matt. That's kind of like that long one-handed finishes from Matt. Um, but those guys, you know, it's hard to say one because I try to take different things from everybody. And obviously, I got to play with Tulo, Todd, and guys like that who have influenced my game a lot. So all those guys have been my favorites. You know, I think um, it's hard to pick one. It really is. Okay, the last question we ask on the podcast, and we'll wrap this thing up. If you want to ask it, you always ask it. Oh, you were taking the lead. You can. Well, I was just okay. saying. All right. that if so, table 40, you got six or seven guests. All the cousins and brothers are already there, so you can't pick them. <laughs> you got to pick. And, Laura, you got to help, because I think we've already asked you this once on the, on the first time you came on. But you get six to ten, eight people. Who's at the table, and what are we eating? Six to eight. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> I've tasked Nolan because I'm awful at this. Um, one would be my my abuelo, my dad's dad, who passed away when I was young. He was a Cuban refugee who um, who escaped Cuba, um, or try or he was against Castro's you know regime, and he had to go to jail for a while. That would be one because I would love to yeah. just talk stories and be like, how was like how yeah. was that? That was crazy. Um, and then obviously making it to the states, and now we're we're all here. Um, he'd be one. Theodore Roosevelt, I know you're probably like, whoa, but uh, Theodore Roosevelt is kind of probably the most, I don't want to say, I don't want to curse, but he is a bad mofo, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if y'all heard about Theodore Roosevelt, but he is an incredible, I mean, he got shot and literally gave a speech while he had a bullet in his chest, um, He's an, and he was on the front line during the war, he was the first one to charge, um, and that was our president. It's Things sick. have changed. It's pretty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a little different now, um, but it, that is sick, and uh, I'm sorry, but that is really awesome to me um kelly slater i know y'all like what but kelly slater from orange county surf and i like to surf and he's so sick um um that's three lord you got none i know i'm Zero? so honestly Kobe he, stole he stole yito as well as teddy roosevelt from me i'm just <laughs> no gonna point way. that out kobe bryant Sorry, we're from California. We love Kobe Bryant. And, uh, That's fine. He was our favorite Kobe player. He literally is the reason why we watch basketball. And when he retired, before he passed away, even when he retired, we're like, the love of basketball is gone. And, uh, not in the barn, though. Yeah, not in the barn. Speaking of the barn, that's in Oklahoma. 
talking about how competitive Matt is. We Matt is, was backing me down in a freaking well, basketball game that we're like friendly. He's like, because he was, because I started draining and this guy couldn't handle it. So he started to back me down. And I'm like, dude, Matt. He shoots left handed too, which is strange. I'm like, Jesus, dude. But it got a little intense in there. Now you know. Um, those are, is, that th <laughs> is that three right there? I don't know. Four, I think you got a couple three. more? That's four. You don't have to. I mean, that could no, be I, 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 I like this. I'm trying to think of people that are. Um, what about teammates? You got a couple teammates that you haven't seen in a while? You want me to, see, want me to talk about you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already there. I go to all these. <laughs> um, I'm in attendance at all of them. Uh, teammates. Uh, no, you don't like any of them. Good. I don't know. Albert Pujols would be cool to have. Yeah. It would be interesting to talk to him about hitting. Manny Ramirez. There you go. That would be cool. Ted Williams. Ted Williams would be insane. Yeah. Um, Stan Musial. Stan Musial. I'm not really, I know, I'm fond of Stan Musial now because I'm in St. Louis, but I didn't. You didn't follow him growing up? I don't think I would have him at my dinner, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. That sounds good. That's All right, what really are you guys going to eat? That's a good table. That's We're, a good table. That I'll is cook. a table. Yeah. That's my contribution. I'll cook. Good for you. What yeah. are you making? Chicken pot pie. Nolan really loves pasta. Yeah, like pasta. Like the bacon fried rice. I know you guys were like, what? Oh, bacon yeah. bacon fried rice is unbelievable. If you ever do it, you should do it. It's really yeah. good. Um, bacon on anything's good, but yeah, really bacon into this like bacon better. fried rice is legit. Dicky toffee pudding that I make. I, he gives me such a hard time. I make it and it makes a lot. And I just yeah. eat it all by myself. Yeah, we can't eat that. You know, Poor games. We'll shut this down, but I'm pretty sure that when we go to California, you can cook for us. I would love to have all those things. That. You guys got to come down for that. sure. Yes. Yes. That please. sounds really good. Please come. That'd that would be great. In, the, in your new house. In California. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you for having us. This was fun. Thank yeah, you guys. That's thank it. you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you for listening to Table 40 with Matt and Leslie Holiday, part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories on sports intersecting with faith, visit sportsspectrum.com.